0: Hello everybody, welcome back to the OOFTA podcast. We are on season three, episode two. I'm Jordan Rudolph.
1: And I'm Emily O'Connor.
0: And we are here today, back and better than ever, talking about all things with a surprisingly fresh take. Maybe for some, maybe not for all on today's topic. El- el- alcohol. Alcohol. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's always, uh, maybe not always, but present for a lot of us, uh, especially in this season uh, heading into... warmer weather here in Wisconsin. Everybody wants to get outside. Uh, I know for me personally this past weekend uh, at the time of recording this, so two weekends ago when you're listening to this, was beer, wine, and cheese uh, here in La Crosse. So always love tasting all the craft beers. But we also know that alcohol has a big effect on our overall health, our health and fitness goals, and when we are around it oftentimes there is some social pressure there as well Uh, and we wanted to dive into not only the health effects and kind of what alcohol actually does why it's not perhaps the most optimal thing for us to be consuming but also kind of wrapping it up with some options that we can drink that is maybe non-alcoholic as well it isn't just oh drink some water instead
0: the, uh, the a- 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 alcohol baby is obviously a fun thing for people to socialize with and connect to other people with and um, cope with. It, mm-hmm. There's no secret of us saying that. Uh, a lot of people cope with alcohol, whether it's having a beer at the end of the day, um, which tends to be a guy's thing, or a glass of wine before night, which tend to be a lady's thing. Um, that is That is kind of how... Uh, that's the MO, that's a cultural thing and that's something that we then think is a cultural thing and a normal thing so then we all choose to do it. Um, Living in the Midwest, living in Wisconsin in particular, in La Crosse in particular, alcohol is a very vibrant part of our community. It's a very focalized part of our community. Um, One of the things that La Crosse has been trying to do over the last six or seven years is actually get rid of some of the bars and replace them with shops, stores, restaurants, and all the things in between to Help establish a new community, if you will. But alcohol will never go away, mm-hmm. and and uh, there's different ways to kind of go through this. So, um, well, let's end on like some different solutions that we can go with with people. Yeah. Do we want to talk about like the physiological effects of alcohol first? Maybe more so start, like for their health and fitness.
1: I think we start there, especially relating to health and fitness, right? I think it might be, a again, maybe a surprisingly fresh take, maybe a non-surprisingly fresh take. That alcohol likely detracts and takes you further away from, I would argue, maybe whatever your fitness goal might be in that moment. It's not really great at helping us build strength. It's not really great for overall health. It's a toxin. It's, in fact, not good. It's detrimental for that. And it's really not great if we have a goal of fat loss. So maybe we go through kind of each of those I mean the health one's almost self-explanatory. Alcohol is a toxin, and the body stops everything it needs to in order to metabolize and get that out. But maybe we kind of touch on a few points relating to strength training, a few points related to fat loss, and why it's uh, why it's bad for either or both.
0: I I, I think uh, the other thing I wrote down here as you were as you were saying all of this is that there's people out there right now like no, I've heard that beer after workouts good. No, I've heard a glass of wine a day is better than an hour of cardiovascular work. Mm -hmm. So I think I also want to make sure that we cover...
1: Cover some myths, too. We cover those,
0: too. Yeah. Love it. Because the media and then people like to butcher what they heard and make it their own and like to exaggerate (laughs) what they hear and make it their own and think that it's oh damn K for their active behavior to follow through in that.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. That's a people thing. And that's you, listener as well
1: maybe that's the surprisingly fresh take yeah if you're listening to it and you're like maybe that's not me maybe think a little bit more but on that same note we oftentimes when we see alcohol there is that social pressure to drink to enjoy a beverage with friends family coworkers. end of the night de- de-stressing relaxing right And a lot of times it's clouded by that emotion, something we've talked about a lot. And we then forego looking at or forego realizing the negative effects that it might have. So when we consume alcohol, alcohol is a calorie containing thing. It is not a macronutrient, but it does have calories within it. So when we're looking at it on the spectrum, we're thinking of like, Carbs and protein have four calories per gram. Fat has nine calories per gram. Alcohol falls almost right in the middle with seven calories per gram. So those calories are what we would say is the definition of empty calories. They do not help us build muscle like protein does or recover like protein does. It does not give the body energy like carbohydrates do. It does not protect the body like fat does. It's simply a calorie containing beverage the reason that you feel the effects of alcohol is because it is a toxin to the body and the body is figuring out in that in between state how to essentially metabolize that and rid the body of that alcohol. So as we consume it, we then put our body, put intake this toxin, the body stops any and everything including recovery processes from long workouts including fat burning, including health and regeneration of our normal tissues and cells and will prioritize getting the toxin out of the body.
0: So when we, the, the, the body prioritizing alcohol getting out of the body Mm -hmm. stops it prioritizing other things. Correct. And the more we can say overall volume, but I can also argue that, um, volume can be dispersed over 12 hours and volume can be also a massive dump um in a two four hour span uh either way uh the the body still has to work to prioritize to get the alcohol metabolized and basically out of the system um, because it's foreign it doesn't recognize it so it shuts everything else down to prioritize the metabolism of alcohol and everybody has a different metabolization that's the word of alcohol um and this is this is Towards the people who are dumping shots uh, and and, and uh, slamming beers. And this is the people who like to do like the day drink and let it be a slow burn. Like both aren't necessarily good. Um, and there's like that, that that the rule of thumb I live by is the threes. And and I've tracked this on whoop. I don't know if you've watched it, looked at it on a whoop before, but there's members at the gym here at Unity Fitness that have done Whoop and they're starting to track things and I've given them the heads up. And I was like, hey, like, uh, I'll be interested to hear what happens on your alcohol intake just from doing whoop for four years. Like, I know anything over three beers is, is a no-go for me on recovery. So, it, it completely, like, I shit the bed on recovery. Anything yep. over three. So, I know if I'm having three, it doesn't matter if I have four, five, or six. But if it's anything over three, my recovery is toast. Yep. And anywhere from, like, low 20%, like, 20, 28% or lower. Or, like, the days where we, like, wow, did we even, like, did we die? Like, mm-hmm. 1% recovery? Like, yeah. <laughs> Okay. those those days don't happen often anymore but um when you're when you're tracking analytics and looking at that stuff you can see what it does to your sleep yes. and that's that's another whole another thing we're going to talk about today too
1: correct uh mine is probably closer to like one or two which is no fun at all but no
0: fun <laughs> emily no fun o'connor
1: but however knowing that data then allows me to make more informed decisions i also don't like to drink more than one or two so I rarely ever have it so I know that when I drink I know that my recovery is not good like I know that my sleep will be poor I know that my recovery will be bad the next day so I'm not going to plan a super heavy lift a super long run right on those days that I choose to drink and when I have those things planned I choose to not drink I choose some of the non-alcoholic options that we're gonna kind of go into or I'll just drink water or electrolytes or whatever it might be too so knowing that data can be very powerful in knowing the effects of alcohol and diving into that little bit of individuality that is in that because everybody is different different body sizes different genders different metabolic rates all sorts of different things right there's that individuality piece that we've talked about in, in many different contexts before on the podcast
0: and, and Emily and I are coming from a standpoint where um, I've, I've, I I've think I've said it in this podcast before, I know people at the gym have heard me say it, like when I did my last life insurance thing, I was <laughs> writing off how many drinks of alcohol do you have per per week, and I think I hit more than six or more than seven, whatever the button was, and all of a sudden this whole like 30 questions opened up, I think it was more like 15, opened up because now all of a sudden I was considered an alcoholic and my life insurance needed to know how many times a week am I drinking um, more than one, how fast am I drinking them, how many am I drinking in each survey, like all of these questions went in and I asked him at the end, I was dumb. like, hey, why did all those alcohol questions come up? I'm like, oh, because the life insurance thinks you're an alcoholic now. Like, that's considered alcoholism. I'm like, oh, like, well, that's stupid. Mm-hmm. And because what usually happens is I might have one, maybe two during the week, and then there's usually two or three maybe on Saturday and then maybe one or two on Sunday at the time. Uh, lifestyle choices have changed since then. Um, And we've switched to more non-alcoholic beverages during the week if we are craving a quote-unquote beer or drink. Um, And our weekend stuff is usually cut down to just one day. Um, And it's usually the three. Mm -hmm. Uh, But also understand that Emily and I are coming at it from a standpoint where uh, we know our bodies and we probably feed our bodies and nourish our bodies better than most people. So alcohol also has a very sensitive um, reaction or sensitive reaction response to yes. us like our, like our
1: tolerance isn't awesome yes for it, right yes. we're not accustomed to when I will use my sister maybe she'll listen to this I doubt it but when I go home like I'm not keeping pace with my sister who's a senior in college and enjoying all the fun that college has to offer like we're just simply not on the same tolerance level to alcohol so there is a tolerance aspect to that not that that means that the health effects are any less detrimental when your tolerance is higher but your body is used to the toxin it's more familiar perhaps it can metabolize it a little bit faster perhaps it can't those will be individual things but there is that tolerance level to it
0: for sure and and like i that's where i know like if i have a sip if i get a the third beer or a third drink and i have the sip of the fourth like my next day is going to, I'm feeling it in multiple different ways. Um, I'm not as meticulous as M where I'll plan my workouts around it. I'll just be like, hey, you were a piece of shit yesterday. Like, you drank your third third and a half, three beers, four four drinks, whatever it was. Like, you still have work to do today. You knew this. Like, just get to work. But there are, might be days where, like, then I'll do a, um, an auto, uh, the regulatory thing, the uh, biofeedback. Oh and, and know that I'm not probably going to be able to push it as hard as I normally would or I might not have a great response to this as I normally would. Yeah. Um, which then, alcohol can still be lingering in the body for... Not not alcohol itself, but alcohol uh, effects can linger in the body for one, two, or three days afterwards. So a lot of people don't really really realize, like, oh, they think about the next day, but it's the, the second day and the third day because now your body's just trying to recoup. when When you, when you get to a level of your own personal level, Mine, like mine's three, Emily's one or two. When we get to that level and we know how it affects our sleep, we know how it affects our performance because we've tracked it, we've analyzed it, we've been aware of it, we've, we've looked at it from different realms. Um, when you get to that personal level of yours, uh, things change and what happens is if you, especially if you do the alcoholic like, close to bed, like it's different if you do like a day drink and then you go to bed eight hours, nine hours later. For most people, the alcohol could be metabolized by then, should be. But if you do this close to bed, what happens when people pass out is that there's certain neurotransmitters in the brain that alcohol, um, I think we can just say it inhibits from blocking and that's where people get tired or they pass out from alcohol. Like the the body, uh, is it retinin? Is that what it is? I think it's retinin. I don't remember. Um, But the body basically lets these neurotransmitters get to a point where the brain just goes into a coma. And people literally just pass out. They're actually not sleeping. Mm-hmm. They're, they're they're in a coma, like an alcohol-induced coma. Like it's mm-hmm. a mild grade, but it's a coma. And the brain is still active during that state, and it's still very alive. Um, just think of like a comatose state of people. Uh, what happens, though, is sleep is not registered. Like there is no sleep. Mm-hmm. Elevated heart rate, ele- uh, HRV is basically abysmal, if any at all. Um that there's no sleep cycles, maybe maybe very one, and it's probably half-assed at best. So sleep is drastically uh, influenced through alcohol intake, and especially if it's closer to bed. Um, that can all play a major role, just like caffeine does too, right? For alcohol sure. has different effects on that. Um, and again, if you have a whoop band or if you have an activity tracker, you have a heart rate tracker or a sleep tracker, look at it on nights and relate it to your alcohol intake. One of the drink, one of the things that I switched to with whoop to track my whoop stuff, you can customize it to you. One of the parameters was how many alcoholic beverages that I had the day before, mm-hmm. before I stopped doing whoop. That was one of the ones just so I could like log yeah, that again. Just to
1: see. Yeah. That's, that's how I found like the two drinks is probably where I'm, I'm best at. Like I can still feel good. I can still recover the day after. But it doesn't impact me enough to what Jordan was talking about, impact the sleep to prevent you from really getting into that restful deep REM sleep Mm -hmm. you're just kind of like you said if if you're in a sleep cycle if you go through any sort of sleep cycle which might be another fun podcast I don't think we've talked about as we're going into it so but if we go through any of that at all we never get that good restorative sleep which is where a lot of fat burning Continues to happen, which is where a lot of recovery continues to happen. Muscle growth, strength building, all of that requires deep sleep for that to continue to occur. In addition to feeling good the next day and being able to perform to whatever degree we might need as well. So the effects are are long lasting. Uh, long lasting there for
0: sure. Yeah, and when it comes to alcohol, like again, if your goal is. Fat loss,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? Like one to two, like like we're not saying alcohol is bad. We just want you to, I don't even want to use the word moderate because, or moderation, because that's the thing, that's the exact thing that people butcher. They don't understand it. And then when they don't understand it completely, they make it their own thing, which is, which is like, oh, I can justify 10 moderation drinks a week mm-hmm. because I used to do 20. So I'm moderating, fair, but also butchered. Um, so we're not saying alcohol is bad there there's proof out there that shows that an alcoholic beverage um i think it's like three a week or like one every other day or three days or something like that actually has health benefits like real ones not the myth ones we'll go over in a little bit but ones that actually show some health benefits and can help uh but if your goal is fat loss for example um alcohol will immediately halt fat loss in the body physiologically um to make sure that this alcohol is gone so if your goal is fat loss you have to be a little bit more responsible over your alcohol intake and you have to understand that there's a uh the metabolism the metabolization i don't even know if that's a word it's got a be, word okay of alcohol um that that will halt all of all other physiological responses to make sure that that's done that way and then two the calories that Emily referred to earlier that comes with that. So now you're not only having to stop fat loss to make sure this alcohol is metabolized in the body, but you've also just added in numerous calories and, and different, like one of my favorite beers is 236 calories for, for a 16 ounce. Like that sucks. I also know that. And I also know there's carbs involved with it and everything else. Okay. So, um, I drink the big boys, uh, most of the time. Um, different spirits we can say like we can go down the road of the route of cle- like clear spirits are less calories and they, and they are and and they, there's less to them and they are it's true but alcohol still has the same effect yes um and and that's kind of where i wanted to kind of leave it where mm-hmm. where where people to understand like if that's fat loss if it's performance you can say that you're adding calories to it but then it's certainly at that limit of like how it can actually hamper performance help
1: yeah i think the important note there is kind of tying back into things we talked about before where it's all kind of a trade-off, right? It's not necessarily like, oh, you can never drink if you have a health and performance goal, right? We would be hypocrites to sit here and tell you that, but it's all about the trade-off. So when we're looking, to speak to the fat loss point, for places to cut calories, an easy option is to say, hey, don't drink the alcohol or drink less alcohol because we know that it has detrimental effects beyond just the calories, in addition to the extra calories. So we can still consume the same amount of foods that we've been eating, which are nutritious, which have lasting positive effects on the body beyond what that might be, while just taking away some of the alcohol that we're consuming. And again, moderation often butchered, Right, It doesn't mean if we're drinking 20, 10 is better. Yes. Is it moderation? Probably not, according to the life insurance survey. However, we can then moderate and pull back more on that without impacting the positive effects from the food or the calories from food that you're consuming that will help you feel full, feel satiated, not feel like you're starving, all of those things. And Mm -hmm. we haven't even touched on the late night snacking after alcohol which often happens as well yeah adding more calories
0: yeah there there's
1: or food choices
0: food choices um so there's another piece of like metabolizing alcohol like it it zaps um it kind of when it's broken down if i think i'm saying this right M, jump in if i'm not it's it does something to glycogen like it, it it zaps your glycogen storages in your muscles is that correct like it takes glycogen out yes And basically glycogen is what all carbs are broken down into in the body and then stored in the muscles. Um, it works out very, very much more efficiently if you are strength training in this process, not just cardio training, not just walking all the time, but strength training because the body then preserves or almost, um, prioritizes putting glycogen into the muscles rather than having the liver go through its process and then store it as fat. Because the body knows that you're going to need it for the strength training. So, this, this, the alcohol takes some of that glycogen out of the body from the muscles because the liver is working so hard to, to metabolize this that then your body kind of craves that glycogen restorage. Like there, there's, you, you crave different foods when, when you're on alcohol, plus your willpower is shot, yeah. right? So, you're, you're saying yes to a lot more things. Um, we won't bring back everybody's college days, and then we're we're saying we're saying yes to a lot more food at home. Or our willpower is gone. Like we we, it's clear and evident on on the research on this too. Like everybody's shaking their head. Like we all know it. But the the alcohol physiologically does that to the body too, to make you want to crave those foods as well.
1: Right, right, and that's where they need to be restored. And at what cost? And oftentimes when we have those cravings, when willpower is low, inhibition is low, we're going to reach for. Perhaps the most not optimal things, but it's going to be the pizza, the fried foods, all those types of things are going to take precedent over a a whole wheat bread sandwich. Like no one's coming home from a day of drinking and making a whole wheat, except for maybe Jordan raising his hands next to me, right? But that's not the norm. So knowing that we can then make more informed decisions, maybe that is a practice we start to put in two more people's life
0: as well i um i tend to prioritize um so if that's if i'm ever in a case like that that i have full control over like if manny and i go to turtle stack or to 608 to have a couple beers um i'm usually already set on this was kind of like our free night that we could do this or if i have to stick to more of my nutrition plan and then have those two beers like i'm looking for the high protein high fiber um depending on what my day was in terms of workout or not Uh, high carb or high vegetable options Mm -hmm. and and i'm the sucker that loves this big ass salad and like could do it all day so it doesn't really bug me a whole hell of a lot but um for sure with the food stuff and people don't think about that like the food the food that alcohol uh, makes you crave and Mm -hmm. that you end up eating like that's a major major piece to alcohol drinking as well um one of the other pieces i want to make sure we touched on was inflammation Mm -hmm. like there's a ton of inflammation involved with alcohol especially if if there's um, joint inflammation and muscle inflammation, like it dehydrates you, there's a reason why you pee more when you have alcohol, like it, the the process that your body goes through to try to eliminate it makes you have to go to the bathroom more, uh, which is why you wake up and, and, and again, the glycogen thing and the sodium thing, like it all mixes the way it needs to, to get your body. Your body goes through an irregular osmosis piece where it makes you just have to urinate more. Um, that's why you wake up dehydrated the next day. Um... So there, there, there's a lot of other things that, that change through that, uh, but the inflammation piece can affect soft tissue and joints. So it affects muscles, tendons, ligaments, and, and joints, um, substantially to yeah. some extent. And and that's where a lot of times like the body aches and pains mm-hmm. that you feel the next day are from that. Like college stuff, like right waking up the next day and feeling like you got hit by a truck. Like A, your gut's probably in pieces. I know mine was plenty of times, but uh, my body ached and the ache is from the alcohol inflammation. Right.
1: Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Even just sitting here, like I think we know you and I know all of this, but hearing all of this kind of compiled together, right. And all this evidence, if you will, being able to know that and then go out and make informed decisions, not Mm -hmm. just flying by the seat of, oh, whatever moderation feels like for me today, but we actually can make a decision based on how do I want to feel tomorrow? What are my priorities right now? Is my priority enjoying a few beers and connecting with friends? Love it. That can be a priority, but making that an intentional decision for yourself, not without not not recognizing the detrimental effects that it might have or if your priority is hey, I really want to stick to my nutrition, I want to stick on this health and fitness goal, that is my priority. That's where we can kind of lean into, okay, what can I what can we drink that's non-alcoholic mm-hmm. or less alcohol or different alcohol. Like there are options there as well.
0: Yeah, and it's kind of like controlling the controllables, right? Be responsible, like take responsibility like if you if you're drinking more alcohol than you should be, and you're wondering why you're not getting results and, and you're looking at it from that standpoint a the calories b, the alcohol metabolism like a lot of that stuff comes into play then that it is your responsibility mm-hmm. so part of it then comes to we suggest you ask why are using alcohol to cope or why are using alcohol to have a good time um, and then if, if it's about culture environment socialism uh, fitting in Like, just make sure you are aware of those and know yourself a little bit better. Like, it's a tough scenario. We understand that. There's professionals out there that can help you kind of realize that. Sometimes you just need to be asked the tough question in an environment that allows you to answer truthfully Um, because the only person you're going to lie to at the end of the day is yourself. So understand that piece, too. And then make the responsible choice. I think the easiest way that I usually tell people is our Super Bowl Bowl drinking Mm -hmm. thing, right? So... After each drink, you're gonna you're gonna have a glass of water. Uh, you're gonna sip. You're gonna you're gonna drink slowly the first one. You're gonna sip the second, and then the third one. Don't be an asshole. Don't drink like an asshole. Like everybody understands that from where you are, because everyone will stretch that to what they need to be. And there's days in here that people come into the gym and be like I drank like an asshole yesterday or over the weekend. Like oh, like okay. Like you yep. feeling okay today? Like we've all been there. We mm-hmm. all know it. So, uh, again, a little bit different for everybody, but everybody can respond and, and respect that one. Mm-hmm. So I've liked that one since we've started using it for Super Bowl stuff. Like, yeah. sip the first, drink the second one slowly. I think I said them backwards the first time. Um, and then a uh, glass of water between, and then don't drink like an asshole. Like, mm-hmm. have fun, do your thing, but don't drink like an asshole. Um, do you want to cover some myths and then some, like, other options to help people?
1: Yeah. What, uh, what myth do you want to start with?
0: Well, I have the... Um, the, the first one I have is like the beer after a workout. And that whole thing was taken from a a beer less than 4% alcoholic beverage, and it was one. And it was done on the carbs and the sodium in that beer, yep. analyzing in terms of uh, electrolytes and rehydration and also muscle replenishment. And most of it was for endurance-based athletes, not strength training performance stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so 4% or under, and it's one, right? Uh, maybe two, if I remember the study correctly, I think it was Cal Berkeley did the first one like years ago, and Old Dominion University did one not too long ago, maybe two or three years ago. Um, and Brad Schoenfeld, like the father PhD of hypertrophy, is involved with it too. Mm-hmm. So he's he he went to it, but it's it's under a four percent beer, and I'm pretty sure it's it's like it was. It might even have been like 14 or 16 ounces. Like it might have been like not quite a second, not beer. quite
1: a beer. Yeah. yeah.
0: So um, and that was obviously compared to beers that the more high ABV. Uh, the higher the carbo- carbohydrate intake uh, that's in that beer, more than likely, and also the more obviously alcohol. So you're more calories. Like these these ten percent triple IPAs, these these twelve percent boozy stouts are loaded with sugar, are loaded with calories. Uh, they they will be they, they will be the uh, probably the door that opens up for diabetes to continue to skyrocket over the next ten years. Um, because a lot of these guys are are pounding these stouts. Like that is a it is a Pokemon for adults worldwide phenomenon thing that people will line up for hours and blocks to get one bottle of beer, uh, which they drink or sell, um, and it's and it's loaded. It's it's absolutely loaded. Mm-hmm. So uh, as good as they are, as good as they can be, as fun as that experience is, again, we're not here to be the Debbie Downers been there for beer releases, drinking my fair share of stouts and IPAs. M has been there too. Like we get it, but just be responsible and now you know the facts behind the other side of it that no one wants to talk about because stouts are a money-making thing and alcohol is taxed and it's a very lucrative business. Mm-hmm. Um so there's that part too. So there's that one. Yep. The other one was the wine glass. Wine. With a, as replacing an hour of cardio. Yes. Um
1: not true. In in very simplistic terms, right? I think that was, it goes around on Facebook every now and again where there's the study, quote unquote, uh, that a glass of red wine a day replaces an hour of cardio or is the same health benefits or more health benefits than an hour of cardio. Yeah,
0: according to University of Alberta, consuming a glass of red wine has the same physical performance, heart function, and muscle strength benefits as working out for an hour in the gym.
1: I personally don't remember the 2015 details I remember it came out right around when I was graduating college for the first time Uh, I personally don't remember the details I know it has something to do with some of the nutrient effects that are in the alcohol not necessarily the alcohol itself so all of the things we just talked about in terms of the detrimental effects of alcohol are still present they were just slid by in the very convenient headline there and they focus more on the other positive additives in a red wine uh, from there. And it's a specifically a red wine, and I'm almost positive it's specifically a very dry red wine it is. that they used. It is. Yeah.
0: It is. And there's now been studies out there that actually debunk it, but we don't hear about those. Right. Just to That has let not, not been know. the headline. Yeah, yes. I'm just looking at them up right now and reading them all. Um, any alcohol consumption was associated with greater risk of cardiovascular disease was actually the new study Mm -hmm. and it actually tried to go after and prove the one that was right and they ended up proving it wrong. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, One drink is defined by the classic standard of 14 grams of alcohol, which translates to five ounces of wine or 12 ounces of beer with 5% alcohol. So therefore, if you are having one of those IPAs, um, it's uh, doubling the, the, the intake in one beer. Yep. Essentially, uh, for the for the standard, for the standard, that doesn't mean it's same for you. Or one and a half shots of distilled alcohol, rum, whiskey, vodka. Yeah. So, uh, the other part is not true. They were looking at the is it the phytophenols or pho- yes, pho- that's yeah. the word I was trying to do photophenols and the botanicals, and then the the nitric oxide benefits of red wine yes. that help with with that part because nitric oxide is a benefit to cardiovascular health. Um, You can get the same thing from beets and whatnot. But, but yeah, uh, this other one took 375,000 people and took them all through stuff. And uh, they found that any alcohol alcohol consumption increased a greater risk of heart cardiovascular disease. Funny how that one doesn't make the news.
1: Yeah, interesting. Mm -hmm. But kind of to tie this up, I wanted to also make sure that we touched on Some alternatives to alcohol. Mm -hmm. Um, I mentioned at the start of the episode that we were at Beer, Wine, and Cheese. And one of the things that I thought was very cool, because I know it's an option that I've used more and more, and I know you and Mandy use quite a bit, is non-alcoholic options. And there are some vendors that brought non-alcoholic beer, which I thought was so fun, because there are DDs that go to the event, and also people that just maybe don't want to consume 5,000 little mini taster beers over the course of four to six hours while you're there. So while we're there, we got to taste some of them. Um, and I think non-alcoholic options are becoming more and more prevalent. More and more bars have them. More and more restaurants have them. You can get them when you're out. Um, in terms of especially beer, I know athletic brewing is one
0: mm-hmm. that one of my favorites.
1: you like as well. We tried, at and Cheese, Untitled Art has a whole new line. A Wisconsin brewery has a whole new line of non-alcoholic options. Um, There's non-alcoholic wines. There's non-alcoholic spirits. um, Some that mimic existing spirits. Uh, I know a popular brand is Ritual. Has, like, a whiskey, a tequila, and a gin, I believe.
0: Yeah, we weren't too impressed. Okay.
1: i haven't tried those ones yet. yeah
0: we gave them a shot and okay. we i don't I'm, I'm gonna be honest. sorry ritual if you're listening um i think we might have dumped them out okay like like it couldn't even come close to replacing it but we're also not we didn't try them as mixers as much mm-hmm. as we should we tried them neat and that wasn't there was neats a no bueno like yeah. like absolutely not uh but the the mixer could you could find stuff
1: yeah I, I personally, for non-alcoholic spirits, I like Seedlip is the brand. Seedlip. It's, okay. they don't necessarily have, like, it's not a tequila. So you're not looking for the same taste that you would have. I use tequila because I like a margarita. But they have different cocktails with them. So it's more along the lines of, like, oh, this is a fun, different drink that's not water that has some health benefits for me as well. Um, Kombucha is always a good one that I'll sometimes get if I want to just drink something a little bit different that does have health benefits and probiotics and is just a drink that's not water. So sometimes I'll have that as well Um, for a non-alcoholic option or to mix in. If I am drinking, drink some water, maybe have a non-alcoholic something. Maybe I do have another drink, but it allows you to still have that social aspect without feeling the need to consume
0: alcohol yeah and and that's big the big part of it like our culture breeds this right but the the other part of this is um the 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 socialization piece like we feel like we need to have alcohol to have the good time or to fit in which is is like i promise you um when you're not acting like a 12 year old Uh, with your group of friends when they're trying to tell you you should drink you should drink you should drink it's an internal thing like it is it is a personal internal thing that you would think you have to fit in to do that Um, personal experience on my end thinking that I had to do that and then becoming uh, more aware of it and why I was trying to drink alcohol uh, so excessively you can fit in just fine with your athletic brews, or sipping a beer very slowly, or trading off a beer with a water every other. Like like you can still have a great time and socialize with people. Yeah. And then you get to people watch, which is even better. Yeah. Um, that could be that could be a fun 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 time now. Like, Bush and A is still one of the top rated beers out there for mm-hmm. for uh, a, a mainstream one. Bud Zero is now a new one out yep. there that's growing. Um, Bravis is the other one that's making a lot of that's a that's more like a small craft non-alcoholic brewery uh, they're probably becoming the most highly rated one out there with athletic brewing um, they just don't have the distribution yet but they're becoming more and more available uh, out there um, BrewDog makes some as well Lunganitas is making some as well like and, and we like trying those unfortunately they are priced just about as expensive as a normal beer mm-hmm. um, craft beer so that's, that's the one downfall. And I think like fit Wine and, and the other wine one that you yep. talked about and, and stuff are pretty like,
1: pretty similar. Yeah, it's just like buying yeah. a bottle of wine. Yes. Yeah.
0: Still getting their money. Yeah. Um, but, but
1: it's a nice option
0: for sure. And, and you have to know it's an N a beer. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so the taste could be a little bit different, but they're doing a better job. They're trying to do a better job. Uh, they're trying to help this health conscious population. Uh, I happen. To, I, I always joked about it as a kid growing up. I would never like the taste of beer, like never ever. And now, like I thoroughly enjoy the profiles and the taste of beer. Like, like I feel confident enough when we can get uh, Eric from Turtle Stack on a on a show and just talk yeah. beer all day, which would be phenomenal. But um, like we also understand like the balance of it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like we mm-hmm. we understand that there's times and places, um, and there's times and places where you and I are going to go over our limits of two and three respectively. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's, knowing, it's knowing the outcomes of that and what we're in store for. Sure. Stay hydrated. Um, do your Gatorades, your Pedialytes before and after. One of the worst things you can do absolutely by far is have alcohol on an empty stomach. Yeah. Um, it just has such a drastic difference on the gut and, and what the capabilities of that especially if you have a sensitive gut like I do. Um, alcohol on an empty stomach is like an absolute no-no. So those type of things can come into play too and, and use these drinks however you need to to help make sure that you're sticking to those health and fitness goals um, and create that kind of balancing act through mm-hmm. all of this. Again, I don't want to say moderation.
1: But. Right. A, a true, like an intelligently placed balance. Yeah. An intelligently placed, again, n- not moderation, but making those choices and those trade-offs to reflect and la- allowing your actions to reflect what your priorities are, not just saying what your priorities are and looking the other way when you want to make a different decision.
0: Yeah, it's possible, it's out there, we know it's tough. Mm -hmm. Um, I I think Emily and I have the luxury, as we kind of sign off here, of being in a position to help change people's lives and we have to kind of walk the walk, talk the talk. So there's a little bit of that role model and a little bit of that responsibility that's added on our end that helps out with that. Uh, to to help us make a decision um, easier, even though it was a hard decision to uh, consciously look at the alcohol intake. There, there's zero, there's zero people out there, by the way, that have taken the alcohol intake, looked at it from a food log standpoint, or just kept track of it, and made positive changes towards like cutting it down, that have had uh, a bad effect. Right. Like, like there are crazy awesome stories of people just cutting their alcohol intake in half, about going sober. Uh, and how much better they recognize their clarity, their mental clarity. We didn't even touch on the mental health side of this. Yeah, we didn't even
1: touch on a lot of it. Yeah,
0: Um, and how much better their body feels. Mm -hmm. One of my good buddies from high school is doing it right now, and he just had an awesome post the other day. Um, I've got another friend that I go to for for, um, services here in town that's coming up in his first year, Mm -hmm. and and, he he never felt better, and he he, he didn't realize how big of a vice it was for him until it was gone. Mm So you don't have to eliminate it, but cutting back can, can, can have benefits too.
1: 100% 100% and just like everything else, it's all an experiment. So if you try it, like just try it, maybe try. I know dry January was always a popular thing with the start of the new year, but just try cutting down, try recognizing the health benefits of not drinking, realizing the negative effects that you feel from alcohol the more you can learn about your body and the more you experiment with it and just approach it as that, an experiment. It doesn't have to be, when we start out, a forever thing. Like if you would have told me a year ago that I was going to be purchasing non-alcoholic beers, I'd have been like, no, I'm just going to drink water. But now I regularly purchase non-alcoholic beers to have in the house. So I think just approaching it as something like I'm just going to try it. If it works, it works. If I like it, I like it. If it doesn't, we can always try something else. Yeah,
0: mocktails. Mocktails yeah. can go a long way, and there's some good tasting ones out there. So many Could be months. calories up a little bit in some, but yeah. still good. Still good. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, now you know about alcohol, uh, maybe for the first time or again. We, we didn't want this one to be a Debbie Downer. We wanted to make sure that you just understood it, educational, and our surprisingly fresh take uh, on it as well. But if, if you're listening to this, you're probably very aware of your health and fitness or have health and fitness goals So we, we also are delivering it from that standpoint. Um, a lot of the stuff that you heard today, maybe you haven't heard before because it's kind of like maybe masked, um, hidden a little bit in our everyday culture.
1: Absolutely. Thank you guys very much for listening as always. We very much appreciate it. If you know someone that can benefit from this episode, feel free, please share it with them. Helps us grow, helps us help more people and reach more people. And as always, like, share, subscribe, rate, download all the things on the podcast to help us grow in that way as well. We very much appreciate you guys tuning in every week for these episodes, and we will catch you in the next one. Bye, everybody.
0: See you, everybody. Thank you.